welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan and I'm joined here today by Jonathan Morrissey and Kevin O'Carroll. And we're going back to the year of our Lord 1989 for this one. The year I was born, the Berlin Wall came down, the Little Mermaid came out, Simpsons started and the Game Boy came out. Uh, we're going super nostalgic for Nintendo's first handheld console on this episode. But before we get to that, now... I'm looking at Kev now and we're both kind of smiling at each other. I'm about to say, what are, what are you playing at the moment? Uh, me and Kev will chill for a second on what we're playing. Jonathan, welcome to another episode of Hey Look Listen. What are you playing? <laughs> I'm actually playing the new Zelda. You're not. That's uh, our thing. No, you no, can't no, have no, it. Sorry, sorry. I don't steal your thunder. Sorry. Uh, no, but I can't wait to hear what you guys say. Um, uh, I am playing uh, Divinity uh, with Steph, the old, the old ah, yeah. partner there. Um ah. Uh, we've been playing it for a while. It's a huge game for us. It's like 200 hours or something, but we've been kind of chipping away for a while. But uh, Steph had COVID this week. Oh, shit. Oh, oh you can put like an awe in after, maybe in anything. Um, but uh, what ended up happening was then we just ended up playing it a fucking shit ton this week. Um, it's great. It's fun. But. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to proceed with caution. Look, I, and like, this is all me now, okay? I really mean this. I, you guys know me for a while. I'm not the most patient person. I don't think you maybe see me be very impatient, but um, I have a habit of kind of giving someone maybe two or three attempts of doing something if it's in a video game and then really just going, look, can I do it? And then if they okay. say no, I kind of really, I'm not, I'm not great. Like I'm not a fun person to be around, I think at that point. Um, but just to lay this the scene very quickly, uh, we're about level four. Okay. The reason and we've put in about twenty odd hours. The reason we're level four is that Steph has to talk to everyone. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter who they are. Uh, she has this ability in Divinity where she can talk to animals. Oh, okay, boy. yeah. Um, uh, every sheep, cow, rat that passes by, discussion. And as I have two options, then I can go off and do my own stuff. I can't do the missions because I think she gets upset, rightfully so. We said we do the game together, yep. or I just, just follow her around and kind of listen. Um, so it's not like it's not super exciting in that regard, but that's not where we fall out. Where we fall out is in the battles. So we yeah. made a decision that Steph would kind of do the story stuff and the exploration, and I'd kind of come in for the battles because that's what I really love. We're having we're having some problems. Um, we're having like uh, we were fighting this particular source monster. I'm sorry, I keep the story short. Uh, he's level seven, and it's a very specific way you kill him. You know, people are are given certain items. Um, uh, people are placed in certain areas around the map so they can strategically attack them from certain points, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she just goes rogue. Every time she has a chance, I'm like... Uh, and I, I'm just like, full Leroy Jenkins. Just whatever she wants. I'm like, why aren't you doing anything with the bow? And she's like, oh, is that now? I just thought maybe I could go over here and talk to this person. No, people are dying. What are you doing? Um, and then it came to a head where he, we finally got him down to like almost nothing health, like really, really low. And she had to throw a nail bomb. Throw this nail bomb, we're done, we move on, fantastic. We did this about nine times. Um, and instead of throwing the nail bomb, she just laid the nail bomb at his feet as if she was, as if she was handing it to him. No, I, I, I exploded. Like, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've made this game so often. It's one button. You have the keyboard. You've all the keys. You can see it. Yeah, I know. Oh, you no. petulant child. I was. I'm not you became a bit story. of a nail bomb. I. Mm. My therapist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're playing uh, right now. Ask me again next episode. <laughs> You'll be playing solo. I'll be on my own, yeah. 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 What, what um, are you guys, what are you playing? Well, just on that, my partner Sarah is playing through Divinity at the moment as well. 
mm. and is I don't know how many hours into it is like she's if you're level four after 20 hours she's like level 13 so I don't know how long that's taken oh, her wow. yeah, um, she's absolutely loving it but when she started playing it I was like hey you know that's co-op we could play that together and she's like no I don't think we could <laughs> And it kind of sounds like I've dodged a bullet there. It's it's, it's weird. It's weird because it's such a fun game, but like, it, it's it's and it is co-op. But I think you need two people. Well, look, no, forget this. It's me. It's all me. <laughs> were you about yeah. to say? Were you about to say you need two hardcore gamers? It's mean, <laughs> the only way to do it. The gamers. <laughs> I know. Sometimes they're gamer logic. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, what are you? What are you guys playing? Kev, Kev, how are you getting on with Zelda? I absolutely fucking love it. <laughs> it's like no two ways about it i absolutely love it uh breath of the wild was incredible it's sort of from the moment it came out it kind of cemented its its place in like top 10 of all time games for me i adored it somehow this one's better I, and I, I don't even fully comprehend how they've done it but they've just taken do you know there's this thing sometimes with sequels where you, you see a sequel to a game or a movie or whatever and you kind of feel like the people making it didn't really understand what made the first one good. Hmm. They've done like more in the sequel. Maybe sort of this, it's like a sequel bloat type thing where they've overexpanded or maybe they're kind of focused on the wrong things like and, and just whatever the magic from the first one isn't present in the sequel. Consulates 2. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Consulates yeah. 2. Yeah. The infamous. Which, yeah. People relate to that. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. With Tears of the Kingdom, they've done the opposite of that. They've done the good thing. They've just narrowed in on everything that made the first game good and made that a little bit better. Like, the first game had such vast, like, exploration and the joy of exploring was such a huge part of it. So they've gone, let's just have that that entire map for you to explore again, except it's changed anew. And then let's just add, like, shit tons of more content and more areas for you to explore. Um the frantic combat as a result of like the weapon degradation they're like people were complaining about the weapon deck in the first game should we take it out of the second one no let's make the weapons degrade even faster but oh, wow. let's gi- let's give you the option to just fuse it with whatever's in your environment like if your weapon's about to break you just attach a boulder to the end of it you turn your sword into this horrible fucking monstrosity you just go to town on some goblins heads it's just <laughs> fun it's so good um i've barely touched like the main content of it I- i've done one of the sort of four big objectives the game sets you up with. And I don't want to go into detail for them because I think people who are a fan of the series will really enjoy that main content. Um, but like even just the, the fucking around spending time in that world is just excellent. Like I would honestly rather be playing that game right now rather than recording this podcast. Oh, come on now. Nah, I'm kidding. There's <laughs> dozens of people relying on you. Maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all boss. <laughs> How about you, Liam? How are you getting on with it? Look, you like you say, I've I, I've played a good lot of hours into it, but I feel like I've barely scratched the surface with it. So I feel like you put that incredibly well. I don't have much to add except for the fact that I'm really enjoying it. Like really, really enjoying it as in like, oh no, I want to like wring everything out of this. I want to be playing yeah. it for I want to be playing it for weeks. It takes a little bit of time to get used to, I will say, for new players. The yeah. controls at first because there's so many the, the, the new mechanics are the best thing about it. But the controls are a little bit finicky. I can't, I, I'm still pre- pressing the wrong buttons for menus and stuff like that. But it all starts like getting easier as it goes. First couple hours, I was like, "Oh God, am I bad? Or is, am I am I getting to the age now where I can't remember mm-hmm. buttons anymore?" But it all just starts kind of clicking together. 
But um, one thing to say about it is neither negative or positive. Anyone's expecting a brand like everything Kev said is correct. It might be the better game. It might be a perfect sequel. In the same way that Zelda had a formula for years and years and years that you know Breath of the Wild yeah. got that out of. Tears of the Kingdom is the Breath of the Wild formula. Structurally, it's ident- it seems to be identical. It seems to be a ton of shrines, mini dungeons, four main objectives, which seems to have main dungeons as part of them, tutorial area at first. It seems like the same kind of thing. Again, if people were hoping that wouldn't be the case, it very much yeah, it very I think, much is. I think when it was first announced, I think we had kind of spoken and kind of hoped that maybe that this would be sort of a, a Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wild's Ocarina. In that it, it's you know the rare Zelda game that is a direct plot sequel to the previous game, but yeah. obviously with Majora's Mask they took such a weird turn from Ocarina, and this isn't as much of a deviation from Breath of the Wild as Majora's Mask is from Ocarina, but what they do do, they do do very well. Do he, do he said do do yeah we'll have to. Every episode he sneaks that in, I feel. It's true. <laughs> I will say as a compliment to Nintendo, where like this rarely happens. Nintendo are so kind of... Well, it's, it's one of the things I love about them is like Nintendo never makes the games people expect. And that could be good. You, you, you want to get the things you don't know you want, if that makes sense. But there's something about Tears of the Kingdom that really makes me think that Nintendo were looking at six years worth of Zelda content, Breath of the Wild content on the internet. They were seeing yeah. what people did with the first game. And they were like, could we turn that into a whole mechanic on purpose this time? Yeah. They were seeing what people liked about the exploration, and they, and they seemed to have leaned into that hard. It's great. Um, I put many hours into it, but I, like I said, barely. I feel like I've barely done any of it yet. It's like gargantuan. So Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like this game is probably going to be the answer to the what are you playing question for the next couple of episodes. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Liam, am I maybe I'm reading this wrong here? Is there something though you you're not your usual very enthusiastic self about a new Zelda game? Is there something that maybe no, is not at all? Not at all. Sure? I just I, okay. I can't just put it very well at first. And also, okay. I don't know. I don't think our little tiny little podcast sells people on games. I, I've a couple of times over the years of people said I played this game because I was into you. But also, I think a really bad way to get I really want people to play Zelda, and I think a really bad way to do it is to hyperbole it yeah okay <laughs> you know Very it's sure. the best thing ever and if you don't like it, and if you don't like it you're a fucking pond scum that's that's my that's my <laughs> main just, energy that. <laughs> yeah, that afterwards, yeah yeah we just tweet that out from the main halo as an account <laughs> but also it's a zelda specific thing of velomarcy where over the years i've been hyperbolic about skyward sword a new zelda comes out and i'm like even even you know so i just need to chill <laughs> fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough it does feel very special though i'm really really enjoying it Will we move on to our main topic? Yes, please. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, what are we going to do our next episode of Halo Listen on? And John Marcy came out of nowhere writing a white stallion and just said, Red Dead Redemption and the Game Boy. Two massive disparate ideas <laughs> you had. And I was literally like, I, in my, uh, I said with you Red Redemption, we agreed on Red Dead Redemption. But I was like, man, that Game Boy idea is really good. He just knocked out two really good ideas there. And I was like, that's what next episode is going to be on. But we all kind of agreed we're not really delving into the history of the Game Boy. You know, what, what are the key things? Like, came out in 1989, was Nintendo's first handheld. It was a genuine cultural sensation, pop cultural sensation. It was everywhere. It literally it, it came uh, shipped with Tetris. There's a whole movie about that that's out now, apparently, a dramatized version of them trying to get Tetris on the Game Boy, starring Taron 
Taron Ed- no. I haven't watched it. That would have been a good thing to watch for this episode, actually. That might have been that might have been um made, be add, more, add more content, but look, here we are. <laughs> this is it. This is this is this is the recording, it's happening right now. But so rather than all that, you know, uh we're just gonna talk about our nostalgia, our what 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 the Game Boy means to us. And I don't know, um Jonathan, since you came up with the idea, do you wanna like start us off? Like when did you get the Game Boy? Because I I gotta say we're doing Game Boy, Game Boy Color. I think if it has Game Boy on it, I'm okay with it being a part of this episode. But I didn't have the original block, the gray Game Boy. Did you have it, Jonathan? So that's a very good question. And we didn't talk before this because it's going to sound like no. a perfect segue. Um, but no, even though it is behind me here on the, the shelf. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'm trying to point at it. Fuck that up. You have an amazing yeah. hand collection behind you. I always, I'm always watching it instead of your face. Yeah, should, yeah. They're, all, they're actually all just drawings. <laughs> <laughs> all over um but uh i it's weird man i kind of i did think about that today because i knew we were kind of just do our own kind of you know our own experience with it yeah um, and i thought that one i'm pointing at again was from when i was younger but it's not actually um i think it actually belongs to steph and was steph um so i was like shit did i have it and i didn't the first one i actually had was the game boy pocket which is the, the yellow one behind me but and I'll, i will throw this back to you for a second um mm-hmm. The first time I saw a Game Boy in the open was actually when my friend's mom's was playing it. Um, this was maybe, oh man, uh, like 96, maybe 96, 97. Um, I was over to his house and I just heard the, that's a terrible impression of the Tetris music, but I was getting there. Um, <laughs> but I could hear that and she was playing on the Game Boy, like I'm fully stretched out in the couch, stuck to it um and i was like what is that thing um at the time when i was about six or seven i probably had a nintendo and a commodore 64 was maybe the only console i had in my life i did have a second game gear but that fucking thing takes like 14 batteries i'm seven i can't afford that um so could we, could we get a whole episode out of the game gear would we do that next absolutely not we can get maybe <laughs> maybe an intro i'd say at most um that's about it uh but uh and then i remember her his dad because that particular friend had no interest in video games uh really mm-hmm. um but his dad was like she's been stuck to that thing for weeks um and this is years after it came out as well so i'm presuming she probably got second hand somewhere picked it up and um, but she only played tetris uh but she played tetris like i mean again and again and again uh but uh that's my very early distinct memory was it i don't this is weird do you guys have memories of adults playing video games when you're growing up um and i don't mean with you because we've all had that my dad used to try and play fifa with me and tiger woods and he'd shout at certain golfers and things like that but do you like have you seen kind of you know adults you're growing up playing games in their own but you gotta you gotta remember we it, it, in our time frame of being alive like we would have been just coming out of school when it, when the we came out you know mm, and yeah. that's that's probably what we go to when we think man you know, the soundbite that everyone says, even grandmothers were playing the Wii. It was Nintendo's huge success. Everyone was playing it, not just gamers. That goes doubly, triply, quadruply so with the Game Boy back in the late 80s, early 90s. This thing was mm. huge, Marcy. It was absolutely yeah. a smash success. And one of the huge reasons for that, not the sole reason, but the biggest contributor to that was Tetris. Tetris, yeah. like, grabbed everyone. It's such an easy-to-understand so game. Accessible, exactly. Everyone gets it. It's addictive. It just pokes at certain sectors of the brain. But it's so weird that you said that because I didn't have the Game Boy when I was very young. We were um, 
a Sega family until the N64 came out. We were Mega Drive. My friend's mom used to play it. It's so weird. That's oh, exactly really? what you said. And I'd go over and she, she, she would, she had it. I, I was like, I was, I can't remember why, but I was aware that it was hers. It wasn't my friend's. I remember they had like a Tupperware full of loose cartridges, oh, you cool. know? And I played stuff like, you know, over the years, over just, but just by visiting there, like Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, mm-hmm. and the original Kirby game and stuff that we're talking like early 90s here. But I didn't have it. I didn't, I didn't get a Game Boy in the house until Game Boy Color. Yeah, I don't remember when or why I had, I got a Game Boy. I just like, it, it just as if it just sort of manifested in my hand one day with with a Pokemon Blue cartridge in it. And I was like, okay, this is me now. This is this is all I do. I was I was the kid like bringing the Game Boy to school every day. No, you were the cool kid. <laughs> I never knew. I've known you for years. I never knew you were the cool kid. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's very kind of you to say. But how no. much smooching did you do? Was there time for school? No, Liam. It went fully the other direction. <laughs> I was the guy walking laps on the playground on my own, playing the Game Boy. Kev, that Kev, the Game Boy, the Pokemon on the Game Boy didn't work like Pokemon Go. You didn't have to wander around. <laughs> yeah, and I think I'm, so, I'm sort of a, a yeah. early early trailblazer for Pokemon Go. <laughs> so funny. All you needed was a Game Boy and literally no friends, and away you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I, I I'm pretty sure I had it for Pokemon Blue at launch. So when was that? Was that 1998? Pokemon came out. Pokemon came out in 1996 yeah. in Japan and became a sensation. But it took them two years before they decided to yeah. ship over to us. So 98, and that was Game Boy Color timeline here. Yeah, now. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm, I'm trying to remember. Is I, remember. I definitely had a color, and I have memories of having an original Game Boy before that, but primarily playing on the color. Um, but you could play them. Because I played the Pokemon games on the Game Boy Pocket, which wasn't color, so you could play them as non-color games as well. Yeah, because I because I, I have. Well, like that, that's a good point. Because I, if I remember Pokemon Red and Blue correctly, in in the annals of my memory, it was very simplistic, wasn't it? As in, mm. actually, all the towns were named after colors. So yeah. like, yeah. Lavender Town was was just one color on it. You know, Lavender. That's yeah, all it was. Right. So yeah, I guess it was for both. Yeah, maybe a little. It wasn't like um, my first Game Boy game was Link's Awakening, mm. DX. Yeah, uh, which is the re-release for the Game Boy Color, and even added an extra dungeon to that game. Um, that was all the puzzles were color based. It was like the kind of the big thing. But I remember I got I don't know why I was like, like if it, it feels like late, it was like around nineteen ninety eight or so, and I just I guess I, I was just like sick of not having a Game Boy. I say I talk, I talk about the nineties like it went on for thirty years sometimes. Like I had yeah, you know I, I was very much a single digit age, but I think at that point I was like I wanted a Game Boy. But I, I felt late to the game. And I think one of the reasons why you, you're, Kev, I think you might not be sure you can't really remember playing anything before Pokemon and the Game Boy mm. Color is because, I, again, to compare it to the Wii, weirdly enough, the arcade PlayStation 2, these are consoles that come to my mind that are synonymous with shit. Just yeah. lots, <laughs> no, amazing games, some of the best games ever. But it, because they were the popular ones, there was just so much shovelware, so many. And the Game Boy had so much tat, and it was yeah. it was the per- it was such it was such the perfect you know here's a Game Boy for Christmas, and you go, oh what's this game I got with it you know this isn't Zelda yeah. I I remember I was lucky I got Link's Awakening, which still to this day is 
my personal favorite Game Boy game. It's mm-hmm. one I have the most memories for it. But I don't want to sound like a wanker, but we were kind of a discerning family for games. It's all kind of, my, my, my brother just basically used to like read in magazines and stuff like that. And he mostly made sure like good shit came in. Um, didn't always happen. We got some stinkers over the years. But whatever happened with the my my getting the Game Boy Color for Christmas? I got it with Link's Awakening. Great. Yes. I got it with a Spider-Man game, which is so weird. I like think a it movie might tie-in, like a movie tie-in. I know. I think it was a cartoon tie-in to the cartoon, the animated show. That's how I remember. It was a side-scrolling kind of platform beat 'em up. But I I think I was just I just loved Spider-Man at the time, and I probably was always asking for Spider-Man toys. They probably weren't in Limerick, Ireland, honestly. And maybe that was like my parents being really thoughtful and getting. But it was so kind of. Oh, this isn't usually what we get. But the one that I always remember, I got three games. Lucky boy, here's me complaining as an adult, though. Blessed childhood, but I will complain. I got Zelda, Spider-Man, and the Game Boy version of Daikatana. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Daikatana? It was the first person shooter from the creators of uh, John John Romero, the creator of Doom. Yeah. And it was like, it's regarded as one of the most colossal failures in video game history, an absolute shit show. It's kind of infamous for a really cringy ad it had at the time, advertisement. Um, You open up a magazine and all it said was Daikatana, and underneath it, John Romero will make you his bitch. Oh, I remember this. That was the Game Boy. (laughs) How did they they manage that? (laughs) It's like, it, I, I can still remember it, it's a top-down, almost kind of RPG-ish looking thing. So it's not, they didn't try to recreate the first-person okay, experience good. on yeah. the Game Boy. But that's, yeah, most of our game collection survives over the years. Um, um, we always like to see it grow, but, but <laughs> love, love the old physical media. Yeah. But some games didn't survive. And I know I, somewhere along the years, I sold Spider-Man and Daikatana. Spider oh. Spider Man, I'm fine, but I kind of wish I had that Game Boy Daikatana because that's such a specific thing. Like, I don't yeah. think I ever played it all that much. I probably hated it, but <laughs> but um, other than that, what I remember playing on the Game Boy a lot was because I, I grew up with Sega Mega Drive. I didn't have the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, games eventually came to the Game Boy. Super Mario Deluxe is uh, the Game Boy version of Super Mario Brothers original. That's where I first played it fully. Yeah. I had a really earnest attempt at a Donkey Kong Country port for the Game Boy as well, trying to recreate that kind of 3D-ish graphics that the 16-bit one had. And it, it was ugly as sin, but I loved it. <laughs> I, I That's, you know, you have these memories of like driving in a car and you're waiting for the next light to come along. So you can see the screen. For some reason, whenever I think of that, it's Donkey Kong Country. That's like the one I think I brought it on holidays and stuff like that. But you, you you can't remember anything other than before Pokemon, no? Nothing. <laughs> no, I think I like I definitely played like uh Link's Awakening DX. So that would have been around the same time for the the Game Boy Color. Yeah. Was, 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 was that launch title for the color? Or could be. Yeah. Could have been, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just sort of conflating memories. Maybe I never actually had an original Game Boy. But I just remember seeing one. And that's enough. Kev just has to fade it to the, the back. Oh my God, <laughs> Kev was never on the podcast at all. Oh my God, I don't know. Like, one of my favorite games, for, it sounds oh, it's so hard to even explain this now, but one of my favorite games for the original Game Boy uh, was a 10 in 1 collection. Um, oh, right. Which is kind of terrible because they were, can you talk about tat and rubbish? I think eight of the games on it were awful, but there was two I loved. There was a tennis game on it and a football game. Which and I just consider like a crazy comp, but I think they got me into football because um, <laughs> I played it really, really young, um, and it was really simplistic. It was kind of like, do you remember Sensible Soccer? 
Yeah. Yep. Very, very simple, straightforward like that. But what I loved about it was the games were really, really quick. Um, and you could move through tournaments really quickly as well. Um, but you had this kind of, and it was fake, we had this world leaderboard, which wasn't real at all. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, I have to make it to the top of that leaderboard at like, you know, a super young age. So I loved that. Um, but yeah, look, one of the reasons I kind of uh, suggested uh, the Game Boy uh, as a, a, you know, something a few weeks ago, which is the only thing I've really added to this podcast in three years. Um, hey, was, first of all, it's two years. Let's not, let's not go mental. Oh, Probably going to interrupt me for a different reason there. Um, <laughs> that's all right. <clears throat> Fishing, but it didn't work. Um, but, uh, and I did mention, did I mention this thing on the last podcast or was it maybe in our preamble? Um, the James Bond game? Did I oh, no, that? you absolutely yeah. did. And when I, I was ed- when I was editing the episode, I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like listening. And one of the reasons why I wanted to reinforce your idea to do an episode on the Game Boy was like, you know, when will Jonathan have another chance to talk about this game, this James Bond game? Because he clearly wants to, and I, and then I, then I thought, you know what? I want to hear it too. Okay, good, okay, good. I appreciate that. Give me, give me a platform. Um, <laughs> I, I just think because like video gaming is such a popular uh, medium um, and has been for our entire lives, um, it's rare that you come across a game that when you mention it to someone, they don't know it at all. Yeah, um, especially the two of you guys and Owen as well. Like, yeah. of all my friends, the three of you guys know more about video games than anyone else i know right so if i mention a game to you you're like oh i've, I've either played it i know it i know who made it etc cetera, etc cetera. every time in the last what when it came out in 98 i think so that's like 20 odd years whenever i've mentioned this game people always go oh you mean like you know asian under fire or one of the other first person she was like got ported to the game game boy or the game by color whatever i'm like no 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 this was for the original game boy and it's an rpg similar to zelda Link's awakening and they go that doesn't exist you're you're making something up that you'd love to exist but that doesn't exist um but it does and uh not that long ago as i said i was kind of uh i basically was decided very randomly i wanted to kind of collect a few uh handheld handheld games or a console i should say mainly after i got the deck and the deck kind of got me really back into it so i, I was refurbishing the, that original game boy that's there bought a new uh a new screen for it a new battery compartment everything like that and i was like what's the first game i'll play for it and i was like oh fuck obviously uh, I will play James Bond. Um, still have it, uh, man. It's just, it's, it's. I, I'll do my best to explain it, okay? But I, it is a, a game that I know is very specific to me. Um, uh, if you don't know me, I love James Bond movies uh, an awful, awful lot. Uh, I've I've seen each of them ten times. Um, uh, Liam actually recently uh, reconfirmed my identity on Reddit. Because of a previous Reddit post I'd made in a James Bond subreddit, I found you. I found your internet persona. Yeah, it, instantly, um, uh, and I had to delete it. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Else about my sorry, life. I rumbled you. Um, that's okay. Uh, but the James Bond game, right? So it came out in '98. No, no direct movie tie-in around that time. Um, it's been really hard to find out why they made it. There was a small company called Sapphire. Uh, they're like a Utah. Um, they're a small company, but they're actually fairly prolific. They made about, I think, 20 to 30 games over their fairly short lifespan. Okay. Um, nothing that was super famous. Um, do you remember the um, the Army Men game? That's a random one. The PS1. PS1 era, yeah. yeah. They, it, they made it for N64, I think. So you play as little plastic Army Men running around the place, you know, do missions and stuff. And they also made a couple of the Rainbow Six games. Um, okay. One also for N64. Awful port. I've, I've played and I was like, oh, I didn't know that was them. It's really bad. Um, but they're they're small. But the James Bond game, it's like it, really imagine 
Link's Awakening reskinned poorly <laughs> uh, as a James Bond uh, game in 1998. And that's what you kind of have there. Um, you play James Bond, obviously, and you kind of, it's about maybe a 10 hour game, and you kind of play through different missions that reference the movies, if that makes sense. You'll go to, you know, you go to, to, to China to try and find someone like uh, like odd job plays a big part there. Um, you're starting, you're trying to stop a nuclear holocaust. At one point, you end up on the moon, like in Moonraker. Um, uh, there's, I think, you know, Brosnan was the Bond at the time. They've tried to make the sprite look slightly like him. <laughs> <laughs> is it successful? Let's say it is. Um, Will my Google search history tonight have Brosnan Game Boy sprite? Please Google. I think it will. <laughs> to be fair, if you were to pick any of the Bonds, he looks like. So it's not it's not terrible, mm. um, and look, it's not a perfect game. Um, you know, it, it's it's a it's kind of an, a, a relic of what it is. Um, you basically kind of uh, go around each mission, um, trying to find uh, characters who can help you progress to the next part of the story. You're finding items like keys. Um, one one level you have to find a Fabergé egg. Um, to give it to someone because they collect Fabergé eggs, and it's the only way you can get past this door. Um, it's not why he has a license to kill. No, could someone could someone else do that? No, that's what's so much fun, right? Because the first mission, when the first mission is, you can't get past uh, this uh, bridge. Now, if you're like ten years old, like me, and you're after watching, you know, living a die, you're like, I'm gonna get in a car and jump over that bridge. Yeah. No, you have to find a hammer, and then after you find the hammer, you're told to find five nails. And then you repair the bridge yourself <laughs> as James Bond, which yes! now as an adult, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> um, but and like it's and it's silly, like the combat's very basic. You've got you know A for punch, B for you know a karate kick or something like that. Um, the maps are a bit mad. You know, Game Boy games that time, I felt missions just you, you got lost a lot. I remember mm-hmm. as a kid, I got and even as an adult, uh, I got lost a lot. But the reason I really loved it was that it just really is rare when you find a game that no one else knows. And no one else has played so it feels very individual to you mm. um now it's full of really good james bond references um so i'd be there chuckling to myself as a 10 year old oh i know what they're referencing they're referencing the 1964 movie you only live twice uh, oh they're, they're, referencing, the... they're referencing that scene in moonraker where he goosed money penny <laughs> yeah it is actually, it's funny you say that. Uh, so uh, as an adult, I was like, God, there's a lot more sexual innuendo in this game. Uh, than I remember there being in, when I was a 10-year-old in 1998. Um, but that like that game, man, that defines the Game Boy for me and probably only for me. Um, That's cool, uh, though. I absolutely love is. that. Yeah. And, I, man, I, and the thing is, so I lost it for years. Um, look, I'm not, I think my dad does actually occasionally listen to this podcast, so sorry, Dad. Um but he, uh, when I left for Canada, he did a huge clear out of our house and he ha- he won't ask before he bins something. He'll just go, fuck it. I'll make a 50-50 decision here. I'll do it. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that I would have owned as a kid found its way to a skip, I believe. Um, no. It's totally fine. But about four or five years ago, um, uh, I was with Steph. Um, I think we were in like a retro game shop in Ottawa or something like that. Um and I found a copy of it there. And it was only like $10. So I bought it and just kept it. And that's the copy I have now today. Um, and, it, and it makes me very happy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's again, it's just to find the Game Boy for me. And uh, I did, I'm going to just tell you a little truth here. And I'll end with that. I did start to replay it on the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. double, double A batteries are really expensive. No, back- <laughs> yeah. no backlight. 
Uh, no backlights. Let's not so forget f- that. Yeah, fully lit room all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I downloaded the ROM on the Steam Deck and yeah, it there instead. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, something like we we all love our old consoles, but especially something with no backlight, I find it very hard impossible. <laughs> to go back and play it now. Yeah, absolutely impossible. Yeah, and the contrast on the side. Mm. I don't know who. Why does that exist? <laughs> It doesn't work. It's like, well, I, I forgot that. There's a little dial, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. It's like, oh, why would I want to turn it to a point where I physically can't see it? Either way, it doesn't make any sense. Is it for but, people's um, different... I, I, didn't, I think Nintendo were ahead of the game. I think they were... Maybe they were, yeah, maybe. But man, the fact that still works today is fucking incredible. Um, it's as there's, old as me. There's one in... Are you talking about the Game Boy itself or the game? The Game Boy itself, game yeah. Boy, well, isn't there a famous one in New York um, that went through the Gulf War? It's like oh, baited up is. by bombs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's you can up. see it. You can see it in stayed off by bombs there. But um you can see it in like there's a Nintendo museum in New York. But um before we move on from that, did you say what it's called, Marcy, at any point? Oh I didn't. No, actually sorry, I didn't. Uh it's just called James Bond 007. Wow, Um, that that's the game that gets that simple title. Slapped on it. Don't have to come up with anything. Nightfire. (laughs) Something like you don't have to do that with this one. That they got just James Bond 007. (laughs) To be fair though. And I have, if you can prove me wrong, tell me the next episode, okay? If you can find me somewhere that game is on a web page and it doesn't say 1998 video game afterwards, I'll, I'll give you <laughs> everywhere. Because obviously it needs to, right? But <laughs> everywhere. And I think God's pretty funny. I wonder if it says it on the cartridge. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. After, um, you, after you mentioned it last time, I was like, do you know what would be fun? I'm going to play it. I'm going to surprise Marcy. I'm going to play it and we can have a chat about it. And it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually play it? <laughs> I played about 10 minutes of it. Christ, it's oh, no. <laughs> Marcy, I love you, but fuck. It, it has, that is its reputation. But no, it, well, there is, if you go to the Wikipedia page, um, and again, this shows you that no one involved in the making of the game wrote that Wikipedia page, unfortunately, because this would not be the first thing they'd include. Um, it was like under critical inse- re- reception. Some random fucking uh, games magazine gave it one out of ten, and that's all it says for critical reception. <laughs> Just shits all over it for two paragraphs. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate you playing it, uh, Kev, and and breaking my heart live on the podcast. Um, Anytime, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a fair it's a fair call. But do you think it's bad, like genuinely, or is it just nostalgia, or like you, you're playing it now as an adult man? Do you still think it's actually good? Define good. Now, if we do, okay, look, so if we say good in the context of, you know, uh, all the games I've played over my life, no, it's not a great game. For a 1998 Game Boy game, I think it, I think it, it has its merits. I think, um, uh, I know why Kev thinks it's shit because it doesn't handle very, very well. Um, uh, the sound, the, the music is, is poor. I think that at the start, the, when you're opening up to the main uh, menu um, theme song, or whatever um it's like da, 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 da. You're like oh that's really really cool that's the only time they use any, bond, any yeah. decent bond music for the whole game um and some of the sound effects are poor and things like that uh but i'd be curious what kev what, what do you think was so um so shit about it <laughs> you, don't, you don't open that box i want to know <laughs> um no I'm, I'm exaggerating it wasn't shit it was it was it was a Game Boy game from 1998 that you'd never played before, Kev. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a, a Game Boy game from 1998 that was uh, and Marcy like 100% hit the nail on the head. It is like a weird reskin of a top-down Zelda game. Yeah, but with actual James Bond instead of Link, and just like having the game open with like Bond getting a 
like telecommunications from MI6 being like, did you know that you can press the A button to speak to people? <laughs> wow, that's very Kojima, isn't it? It's very kind of like press the select button to use the codec, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. And Judy uh, Dench gets her muff out in it. Brilliant. Mm. God, I hope you hooked up the Game Boy camera to it while that was happening. <laughs> That's a actually, actually, thank God for Judy's muff because actually that's the perfect good segue. segue. Yeah, because yeah. I actually had, did have something I wanted to bring up about um, the Game Boy. Is that that um, it's the Game Boy camera? Do you remember it? I do. I I never had it, but a friend had it. It was awful. I had like, um, even then. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I had a cousin who had it, right? Hmm. And I I didn't have it. It was it was just a thing. I remember because this was it came out around the time when I was already a young buck collecting gaming magazines. So I remember kind of seeing it in magazines being all like, what is this technology that's occurring on the Game Boy? What, what have Japan wrought? But um, I remember it was his birthday and we were over there and he had a load of friends there, you know? And my main thing, I just remember using the, and using the Game Boy camera and you could take pictures with the Game Boy and it had a little printer as well. You could print yes. them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just kind of reminded me of, you know, we Nintendo are so innovative and they're so like, you know, they always do their own thing. And like, you, that's how we got stuff like the switch and the Wii and whatever. But sometimes they do do things that have no impact on did anything they do, else. Did, well. did say yeah. do do. I hope you were going to say well, it. Is this an inside joke? I, I no, <laughs> and talk anymore. Oh, they're mid thirties. So we're well past this. But you know, oh, they sorry. do, they do do um, <laughs> like something like the Game Boy camera. Like what was that? It affected nothing. It didn't add to the rise of technology in any way. It was just this little chapter. It's like the virtual boy or even, if I'm going to be a mean boy, even just all of the, they, they began the era of motion control mm. that went on for half a decade and now it's gone. So that didn't really revolutionize gaming, did it? In any kind of long lasting ways of just rechanged the chapter of it. I, and I, this is my opinion. Um, I, you guys, look, I don't speak for you, but I'm going to, uh, you have a reverence yeah. for Nintendo, I think, I think maybe Kev, you know as much as Liam, but you, lo you love Nintendo. Yeah. I think even those city peripherals are Nintendo showing how much of a money grabbing machine they are mm -hmm. from, from day one. I remember for Christmas, I got the magnifying glass for the Game Boy. Yeah. Um, but, but what's that? I Pop had that as well. What mm -hmm. I don't, my one at least wasn't Nintendo. That was someone. That was some third party company. Who was like, right, what can we fucking sell here? But obviously, Nintendo licensed it. Probably. Exactly. So that they would have, they, they would open up that market, right? So I, because like, there's so much garbage. I don't. I did have a Google today. The camera is probably one of the better things uh, that existed. Um, At least it's an interesting little curio, like. Yeah, yeah. Did he take a photo of? Uh, like, did you see any of the photos he actually took and printed? Oh yeah, and... it was on an eight bit console in Nintendo, so they're all terrible. <laughs> Off, it was novelty you're like <laughs> you know, just, what's the point like <laughs> but i had that thing as well i got i got that for a present as well and i think it was another like i'm i'm, I'm really saying this like because my heart warmed it was another really well-meaning gift for my parents just like yeah this makes sense he is complaining about that screen a lot on the game boy you, you, oh. you attach it to the top of it and you mm -hmm. pull it down over the game boy and it yeah. magnifies the whole screen and you can also attach different buttons on top of the Game Boy buttons that were just categorically worse. <laughs> it, t it turned the D-pad into a little kind of mini analog stick thing that was untenable. <laughs> it was completely 
Yeah, but that I, I did not remember that existed until you until you said that there, John. I can literally imagine. I bet you, I, I think it's near me. Yeah, I definitely uh, have one of those as well. Just kind of. I bet you one of you or both of you had the light as well. Did you have that? It was like um, was on an arm. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Squiggly arm. I had Absolutely. one of those. Yeah. But again, the game by pocket. If I turned it on, I just there's just a part of the screen I couldn't see now because it would reflect the light. <laughs> it didn't work either. Sorry, mum and dad. You did your best. Just to defend myself a little bit, by the way, I do have reference for Nintendo, the game designer, the okay, designers sorry, of yeah, games sorry. as a company, especially these days, hmm. <laughs> and all the days, especially especially these days, but especially the days of the Game Boy camera, <laughs> that whole thing. Now I do, I do have a fond like, like it really is. I my only memory is that one birthday party I was at when it was just like the center, it was like the main present he got. I do have kind of a weird fond memory of that. Of that thing, but um, if there was something to me that, like Jonathan, you just said, that um, that Bond game for you personally defined the Game Boy. I think what defines it for me, and I don't think I'm too I'm too um, off center here for saying it kind of defines the Game Boy Color, uh, like in a wider thing as well. My main things were the Zelda games, really. It's always Zelda, yeah. always Zelda, Link's Awakening, but also. I grew up with Oracle of Ages. I wasn't lucky enough to get Oracle of Ages and Seasons, you know, because that would, you know, that would have been nice. But no, I didn't play both of them until emulations or whatever. But I do think what defines it for me, and Kev brought it up already very nicely early on, is Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was like the thing. And when we started this podcast, Kev, uh, when you weren't here, um, I remember we were just having chats about what we were going to do episode wise. And I remember very early on poo pooing the idea of doing a Pokemon episode. Someone said it just like, no, like just conversationally. Someone just like, we could do Pokemon. I was like, I don't want to do Pokemon. Cause I just, I, the only thing I remember, <laughs> the only thing I'm really know from Pokemon is those early 19, the late nineties. Cause I kind yeah. of fell off Pokemon after that. So this is kind of a nice little way to kind of get my little Pokemon thing into this episode. There was a time in my after life. After telling us we couldn't do it. Yeah. That's what you mean. <laughs> Shoot us down. But no, you can. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, right. any other you, ideas uh, you want to steal? Liam? No, it did come. It did kind of come out like a tyrant, didn't I? Are you going to edit the episode? <laughs> Remember when I came up with Red Dead Two and the Game Boy idea, guys? <laughs> no, actually, honestly, these days, I'm the fact that we're like desperately need ideas for episodes. I'd probably be like, Pokemon, yeah, let's fucking do it. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> I really don't mind anymore. That was just the early days of my. When I when I care, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but it is an opportunity to talk about Pokemon because I really can't emphasize how how big it was. I was Pokemon is I think the biggest selling IP of all time these days, mm-hmm. like in terms of merchandise and everything. Like like Pokemon has always been gargantuan. A mediocre Pokemon game comes out, it sells ten million copies. Like you know, so just a little bit of shade I didn't need to throw there. Sorry, well, but, still but still true, very true though. Yeah. But I always think. The two moments when that I think Pokemon got its biggest, and I judge it purely on Pokemon was on mainstream news media for no reason except that it was Pokemon. Yeah. And the f- second one, I was jumping. Second one first was in 2016 when Pokemon Go became a sensation, and that news news didn't. Someone was just like, "Do a story on Pokemon Go." The kids and Andy Addos are all playing it. They're finding <laughs> dead bodies and stuff like that. <laughs> By the way, I genuinely think you know that was the last time. In, that was the last time the world was good. Was that brief summer when Pokemon Go <laughs> was really popular? I remember being in a n- shitty nightclub, 
and the girl at the bar was playing it and I was talking to her about, I was going out with Fiona now this isn't one of those kind of stories it's not like one of those and just I was like I'm talking to this girl about Pokemon everyone's like loving Pokemon and it's so benign and nice and then after that Harambe got shot Trump got elected <laughs> <laughs> and then everything just changed when the Fire Nation attacked. My theory on that, and it's one that I've espoused many times probably to you, Liam, is that David Bowie died in the January of that year. And I think he was the magic that was holding back all the darkness. <laughs> I believe it. I can't, I'm, I'm, nothing really... has been good since. <laughs> yeah, except for that weird Pokemon. Because I always said Pokemon Go wouldn't last. Uh, it was pe- People were angry about it. I was like, it's not going to last. It's only going to be for a few months when it's like big, big. And I was correct. Anyway, mad digression. The other time was in 1998, where Pokemon was also on, in the news for no other reason than when it came onto the scene, it was so gargantually massive. Yeah. It was just like people were going like, you know, fucking these kids are playing this Pokemon thing. Let's put it on the news. And I actually never owned it for the Game Boy. Oh, really? So, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Liam. Do you say, do you, say you, you thought Pokemon Go wouldn't last? No, the... White height, white height. Yeah, I can't talk. Okay. <laughs> Kev just said it with like one word and just said what I was trying to say. Yeah. I think to be fair, I did say zeitgeist instead of zeitgeist. So we'll oh. we, we, we edit in the S. But I think uh, it's still going. Like, but last year hit its highest player count in like around Christmas. It hit like nine or really? ten million. It was yeah, it was its highest player count at one concurrent time. Maybe I'm wrong, wow. but it, it, it doesn't. But you remember that first summer? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. If you're yeah, the the, the yeah, news, you, the media, see, took over the world. You see it everywhere. Yeah. You, you see it on the streets, man. Yeah, you see people <laughs> well, going. Yeah, obviously, naturally. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You see people going to like the park because oh, there's. They, well, how did that game work again? They put Pokemon there. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was there was yeah there was like hot spots, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, there was gyms and stuff, whatever. <laughs> but I didn't own a Pokemon for the Game Boy, even though I... I what? Yeah, I, I, I emulated it. I emulated it. So what I wanted to ask you is, like, when this, when, when that game in 1998 was Zeitgeist, you already said you owned it. Mm-hmm. Were you involved in, like, the trading, all that kind of phenomenon, the kind of social aspect of Pokemon on the Game Boy? Um, a, a little bit. There was a couple other kids in my school that were playing it as well. Um, so we would kind of trade and or fight a bit, but mostly no, it was, it was, it was very much a, a single player experience for me. And I remember people playing the card game, collecting yep. stick. I remember our whole class yeah. were collecting sticker, just trying to fill this sticker book. It was this huge thing. But what began it all was the game. And I just think it, it I've talked before about like Final Fantasy VII and, and Metal Gear coming out where it was the first time in my small, tiny little world I could feel other people, you know, like a zeitgeist, Kev. Mm-hmm. I could see other people were playing it, but I think one of the first potent ones was Pokemon just was everywhere. Yeah. And Pokemon Red and Blue, and that's why I think Pokemon Red and Blue kind of define that Game Boy for me anyway. And you talk to Pokemon fans now, and apparently it doesn't, you know, the games are got way better, but I don't know. Did they? <laughs> That's why I don't want to do a Pokemon episode because I'm just too nostalgic. I'm like, nah, 150 was enough. Yeah, I, was, I would go as far as the second generation. I would say yeah. Pokemon Gold is, is where it peaked for me. Um, I have a particularly fond memory of the game because um, my mother bullied a shop assistant into breaking street date and selling it to her a day early. What? 
remember uh, upstairs in Arthur's Key, I think it's now it's like a, a, a noodle restaurant or something, but there was a there was briefly like a world of wonder there. Okay. Okay. Well, and yeah. my my mother had like pre-ordered the game for me and got the release date wrong. It was releasing on a Friday and she went in on the Thursday and she was like, I'm not coming back in tomorrow. You've already said you have them here. You'll sell it to me now. And your mom was like, we can't. Like, no, you will. So she arrived home with me. It's like, it's not out yet, but here it is. Oh, that's that class. Golden box is like ingrained in my memory now. God, Liam could have, you know, used your mom going to GameStop the last couple of times, to be honest. She could have really could have, could have out there, there couldn't she? Where is my physical copy of Resident Evil 4, GameStop? <laughs> I went, I, I, G2 know this, but I went in. Story, tell it. I went in on a whim to see if I could get anything in this minor sales that are going on there now. And I impulse bought Metroid prime remastered. Um, Good game. Oh, it's fantastic. And, um, came home and GameStop didn't put the game in the box. Yeah. So I'm correct to be angry. I've had nothing but trouble with them, but at least they gave you 10% off the empty box. That's <laughs> true. Ten percent of that. Yeah, nothing but trouble with them. Makes them sound like a bunch of teenagers or something. <laughs> you know, these these rabbler outers. I know. I kind of yeah, want trouble. to say more angry, but when I get angry, I just become sort of pathetic. I just becomes like a hurt child, you know. Yeah, it sounds like you're complaining about GameStop, like playing football up against the back wall of your house or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they won't stop. I've asked them twice. I'm trying to play Metroid Prime, or I would be if I if they put it in the box, you know. <laughs> ah, good riddance to him. Something else better will come along. I agree. Yeah, I can't believe they're dying. Um, I used to love going in there and buying secondhand games back when, like, the PS2 would have been secondhand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. When the, yeah, and I said, you find like I, that's what makes me realize that I'm quite old and not as alive inside anymore. Is that I don't get excited <laughs> about finding kind of. I used to. I found Guitaro Man for the PlayStation Two in a GameStop once, and it literally made my whole week. I was like, I've read about this game. It's a Japanese gem. And I bought it for like 15 quid. Now, I, would, I don't think that would happen to me anymore, no matter what I found in a shop. I mean, I was with you when you found Azura's Wrath in a GameStop secondhand, yeah. and you freaked your tiny little bean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the, in terms of finding something in a shop, <laughs> the one that made me the happiest was I found Grandia mm. on the PlayStation 1, and I was a huge fan of Grandia too. And I found it, and I was so happy, so excited. I got it, but the reason why I was in, in a GameStop is because we were all going to the cinema. And I, I immediately didn't want to go to the cinema with my friends anymore. I wanted to go home and play Grandia, the, the first, one, first one in the franchise, which I missed. And I still remember the movie we were watching that I had to sit through with gritted teeth was Scary Movie 3, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> That's not in any way. Oh, God. That, is that the, the signs one? Yeah, that's awful. What group of friends was that? I, I was going to say you. No, no it wasn't you. No. But um, you perfectly brought up um, when I was going on Red and Blue. Gold and Silver were also Game Boy Kev, right? Yeah, yeah, they were. They were like the, the next year or were they 2000? Were they 99? It was soon though anyway, yeah. Everything just felt longer when you were younger, you know? I was like, yeah, Pokemon Red and Blue's reign lasted for seven years before the next one came out. But no, it probably was just a year. But do either of you have any other games that kind of define that little, little brick of a console for you? Um, I think Wario Land 2 
was one mm. that I, oh, a, ca- a cartridge I absolutely wore the back out of. It was <laughs> fantastic. I can't remember. Did it come That's up? That's a sexually in... aggressive way to put that. Yeah, I thought yeah. you say you wore the back out of it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I was speaking and the words came out. It's because Wario is such a big pervert. I just got drawn into his energy. <laughs> I heard and I looked at Liam's face and he yeah, I started to change. I was like, good. It's not yeah, just yeah. We're on a video call. I could see your expressions. I heard what I said. I knew what was happening. <laughs> I fucked a cartridge, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would be Wario on the cover of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. That's all I'm saying, I guess. I talked about uh, briefly when I when I ranked the Wario episodes I played. Uh, Jesus Christ, the Mario games. I got both <laughs> words wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I talked about Wario Land 1 mm. uh, very briefly, and then it's the first time playing it for that list. And they hadn't got... They hadn't clued on to what's fun about Wario yet in that one. But Wario Land 2, and the one I had at home on cartridge was 3, Kev, to sequel yeah. to that. One of the best Game Boy games as well, for me, 3. I completely agree with you. And that was one of the ones right near the end. I don't know, maybe maybe the James Bond game is the same. I don't know. Where it's just very impressive what they did with the Game Boy. Yeah. It's hard to kind of be very excited these days when you look back at like a very good-looking Game Boy game. But like right there near the end, some of the sprite work they were pulling off on an 8-bit console with no backlight was, like, really, really impressive. But Wario Land 3 and 2 as well, it's the reason why they're the kind of, you know, an offshoot of Mario and what makes them unique is that Wario, everything he does, it hurts him. And I really like that. Yeah. Mario will get a fire flower and start shooting fire, but Wario will be set on fire. And you have to, like, use that as a puzzle to set other things on fire as he's running and screaming in pain. That that a good game makes. Yeah, I like they effectively made him invincible, but not immune to suffering. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you and can't then, you can't die. There's no lives, but just everything he does is pain. It kind of that's I think that's why I relate to it these days. Do you, yeah? <laughs> did it maybe make you who you are? I think there's something formative about it. All right, because you do talk about that character in a personal way. Let's just yeah. say. Um, on that, have either of you uh, played or seen? Uh, is it Pizza Tower? No, no, I don't know. It's uh, it came out earlier this year. It's a sort of a, a spiritual successor to the Wario Land games. Oh, there where we go. Basically, you pay, you play as like a pizza chef instead of Wario, who is basically just Wario in a hat, in mm-hmm. a different, a tall hat. Um, <laughs> but it's that same sort of idea of just absolutely barreling through levels, tons of like secret areas and collectibles and things to find. But sort of the twist on it is that you get to the end of the level and then a timer starts and you have to make it back to the very start. Sort of, so you trace your path back through the level, um, and it's just it's it's batched. It's great. It's very very good. What what's out for it? Steam or PC or? Uh, I played it on Steam. I don't know if it has a console release yet, but I imagine it's probably coming. It looks like something that would be very um, Switch friendly. Is there some kind of database for all the spiritual success successors things that are coming out? The fan made you know, games that are like, you know, we're not getting any more Wario Land games, so someone made their own one with this Pizza Tower thing. Someone's making a 3D Sonic at the moment because they're not happy with the 3D Sonics they're getting and stuff like that. I just think it's cool. It's it's nice, like, you know. I would I, I love those Wario games when I was growing up. I I would I never heard of this game you're talking about. Hmm. Which is why I'm I don't know why I'm saying it on a podcast. I should just keep the idea and do it yeah, myself. You, you could, yeah. You, someone <laughs> one of our dozens of listeners will now take that idea and make a fortune. Dozens? Um, 
I think I said dozen earlier. <laughs> sorry, that, sorry that, that, was, that was the S that Kevin used earlier for. Oh, yeah. um, do you do you, uh, do you remember Liam? We used to play WarioWare at your place. Uh, this is a different time. thing now, Marcy. Oh, I know it is, but I remember yeah. for the Wii. Um, yes. Uh, I, I'm just going to name and shame him. Um, what? Because we'd play it, and you'd obviously pass the controller around. That was fun. Uh, yeah. The Wii remote. I man, been after Shane Purcell. Uh, it'd just be drenched. It, like we could playing the mo- we could just have started playing. <laughs> it could be a temperate temperature outside and inside, and he'd hand me the the Wii remote, and it suddenly became like a slippery dildo. Like I just couldn't hold the goddamn thing. Um, I'm yeah, going to be on his memory. side in this as well because I'm someone who had to grow up with the constant abuse of someone who maybe has a bit sweatier Clam- palms than most. Clamminess. Clam- because, you know, we've been playing GoldenEye or Mario Kart 64 or whatever, passing controllers, you know. The amount of abuse I got when people just had to play after me and, well, you fucking sweaty guns. And, confused me. And, and they used to make fun of me. And at the same time, I couldn't wink. I can't wink. I still can to this day. So I used to get made fun of for that as well. Okay, it's gotten too personal. <laughs> we yeah, deviated it's, too far. It's gone game, very but. niche. I physically cannot wink. Hey, look, listen, listeners, this is this is the kind of thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast this far. This is the kind of little nuggets you get. Okay, I thought you, you couldn't whistle. No, I can whistle. Okay, fine, kind of. Okay, it's 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 an audio medium, so it's it's not going to work. But what I'd like you to do, Liam, is can you try to wink, and then when you feel you've gotten it, give a little whistle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lads, this is this is probably the least fun I've ever had in this podcast, but I'll do it. Yeah, this is okay. Okay. Oh, Liam just passed out. <laughs> Fuck. That was so much better than I could have hoped. <laughs> I, I failed to wink and whistle. I hope the audio picked that up. Actually, sorry, I meant to say I hope the audio didn't pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> um to get back on track for a second, um, because it has Game Boy in its in its name as well, I wanted to talk about the Game Boy Advance because mm. I don't think we'll ever follow this episode up with a Game Boy Advance episode. I actually maybe have fonder memories of the Game Boy Advance even than I do for the Game Boy because I didn't have, like I said, a Super Nintendo. And this kind of lines up with Marcy said earlier on, maybe very well about you know Nintendo being money grubbing, but they started just re-releasing their games for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The very confusing Mario Advance series was very good for me to play Mario games I'd never played before. If you could discern what was what, because Super Mario Advance was Super Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Advance 2 was Super Mario World. Super Mario Advance 3 was Yoshi's Island. And Super Mario Advance 4 was Super Mario Brothers 3. They just went absolutely mental with it. But that was one of the cool things with the Game Boy Advance, that it was at uh, Marcy with his beautiful Steam Deck now. Like, you know, it's a whole different era, but... God damn, when I first saw 16, like even better than like console 16-bit graphics on a handheld console with the Game Boy Advance, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I remember I got it with a game called Golden Sun, which is a very good JRPG for the for the Game Boy Advance. And it has kind of quasi-3D graphics for the battles, and I was absolutely stunned. I have a huge affection for the exact level of graphical capability of that console, where obviously it's aged in terms of, you know, what graphics can do nowadays. But something about that exact thing is perfect to me. I wouldn't change that level. Yeah, yeah. I never had one, but I've played... Oh, no! Yeah, I know. I completely missed that, that, that handheld generation. Yeah. Um, but I've played a couple of the games on sort of on Virtual Console. Um, I think I had the Wii U um, since. Yeah. And, like, fully agree. Like, the, the few titles that I did play from that generation um, 
like uh, Legend of Zelda Minish Cap is an mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful game. Um, and which uh, which Metroid was the advanced Metro- one? Was that? Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. Fusion and Zero Mission, yes. So stunning generation for Metroid games. Yeah, they are both cracking games and they look gorgeous. And it was... I'm sorry, I just throw in, I actually never played it or, or owned it. And I still really? just have never. Yeah, oh, wow. it's just, I missed out on it completely. Um, what year did it come out? Uh, 2001, I'm going to say. 2001, okay, yeah. Just, yeah, completely missed out on it. Don't know why. Do you, uh, you, do you see yourself adding one to the shelf behind you? Mm-hmm. Thinking about it <laughs> since he said, um, it could have been 2001, might have been September 11th. That's why I didn't play it. We just <laughs> never forget. Look, look, we all had things on our mind that, and that's mm. it, okay, you know. But I remember Nintendo fucked me over with the Game Boy Advance. Okay, the game, the first Game Boy Advance was purple mm-hmm. and it was kind of you know long, it was like longer than the Game Boy was. It was wider than the Game Boy was long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of a, it was, was taco shaped, and yeah. uh, and it, you know it didn't have a backlight, so it did have luscious sixteen bit graphics, but it had no backlight. And I didn't get it when it came out, but I really wanted one. And I eventually did get it. I got Yoshi's Island, a Super Nintendo game, but I'd never played it before. Still one of my favorite platforms of all time. I got Golden Sun at that RPG, and I was delighted. And I remember not. Two months later, Nintendo announced the Game Boy Advance SP was coming out. And Nintendo does all the time. Um, I would love to own an OLED Switch. Yeah. I really would. Like, everything I've read about it is amazing. But I kind of sighed in relief when that was announced because I was like, ah, I can, I would love that, but I can live without it. Yeah. The Game Boy Advance SP is such an upgrade <laughs> to the first one. <laughs> and it's only, like, two reasons. It's just... it. Like some things are just kind of aesthetic. It's like um, it's like a flip phone now. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different thing. It folds up, and it had a backlight, and that was such an upgrade. And I remember just being so bitter that I was like a tiny bit late. And I shouldn't say this, but the only reason I have a Game Boy Advance SP nowadays is because someone left it in my house as a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> and then maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Why did you announce that? The odds of listening are so high. Oh God! <laughs> it's true. It's all true. I've lost things as well over the years, though. Games. Who has my little king story for the Wii? Why would someone take that? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. That's the one that always takes like Gears of War three. I don't know where it went. Don't know what happened to it. It's fine though. I know a friend really? who's and it's not a good game, but NFL Blitz '99. Even mm-hmm. Cochran, if you're listening, I know it's you. No, you're naming a shaman. I lived in a street with three houses. It vanished when he came over one day, and I couldn't <laughs> find it again. But it's weird that night if you had the Game Boy Advance because I remember at the time I perceived it as being hugely popular. It was around the time when um, I mentioned earlier I used to collect video game magazines, but at this age now I was doing it like you know, pouring over them and like. Just, Game Boy Advance coverage all the time. But historically, it's kind of sandwiched between the original Game Boy and the DS, which, which come out, which obviously um, overshadowed it completely. But it is, I, Marcy, I think in terms of adding to your collection, do it. I And, and even not just emulate games on your Steam Deck, there's an amazing library of games on the, on the Game Boy Advance. I'm a huge, huge fan of it. Are they hard to find these days, do you think? I'm, I'm I don't think so. No. I haven't heard anything, but I've never tried. Okay, that's the next one. Um, and you know what you should add to your collection as well? I prob- it's probably the only handheld console that I own that you don't. 
except for the Game Boy Advance, which I just talked about. So. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should track down a Neo Geo Pocket. Oh, that now that is, is yeah. a cool little console. I mean, it's not, but it's yeah. I know what you mean. No, that's definitely on the list. And I've I've actually this was isn't too much of a segue. I've been very tempted about uh, this plethora of retro uh, portable games console being coming out the last couple yeah. of years. Have you seen some of these? Some of them are uh, very pretty looking. The yeah, Playdate? Some are, that's one of them. There's another one I saw. There was one remember, that you we actually referenced in the podcast for. It has a little handle on it. That's the Playdate. That's the Playdate. That's the Playdate. The, the, Playdate. Prank, okay, yeah. the, Playdate. Um, the one I saw, I can't remember the name of it. It had like a little OLED screen with 100 quid. Um, mm. Came preloaded or like 200 games in it. So they seem to be really back in vogue now. Is it cool um, or is it hipster nonsense? Discuss. Yes, it's both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the main reasons to own the, one of the main reasons I'd, I'd want to get the Playdate, um, which doesn't have a backlight. This is the backlight episode. Yeah. Just remembering what had backlights and what doesn't. Backlights. As a modern, as a modern, as a modern console, I think that's a weird choice. But it has a crank. Yep. That's really unique. But one of the main reasons that Lucas Pope is making his next game. I was going to say, yeah, he's yeah. he's working on his next game for uh, something about. Mars, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we can end the episode there. Uh, like I said, you know. But wait, Liam. What? I had a game. I'd like. I Full full disclosure. I knew he had something coming, and that was just pantomime. That was pageantry. Oh, it was just pageantry. Oh, yeah, yeah. You fucking fooled me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah, just very quickly. Look. What, what you got? What you got? What you got? For Look, us? I don't know. We used to play a game every now and then on the podcast. I don't yeah. know if they were popular because we don't interact with our fan base because mm-hmm. we're better than that and we have stuff to do. I'd like to. I just don't know where they are. I don't want to talk to them. I run into four, them in the pub sometimes. I think that's the size you see. I run into it's pub, it's, it's pub running into that's that's is, what, that's yeah. the level we're at. Yeah, those four <laughs> people. Um, but what we're going to do here is I'm going to play you five clips each. Um, and each of those clips will be from a video game main menu. It'll be the theme music oh, yeah, 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 yeah. from that game. Um, and you will shout out. Um, actually, instead of shouting out your names, I know in the past I've had, you know, you shout out each other's names, which is kind of funny. What we'll do is shout out uh, the number of inches at your penises. No, I can't. Um, There's no, no. number that okay. is... High enough, I don't have anything. Zero point zero zero zero. No, I said just shout out your names, okay? Um, Wait, are, are we getting five questions each or five questions? I'll play four. I'll play five, five yeah. tracks. You shout out your name, and you get like, to answer. Like a, like so it's box. also kind of fast as finger first kind of yeah, thing. I'm into Not it. to to quote who wants to be in there there. Um, but these I've picked. They're very random now. Okay. Um, are they all Game Boy or is it sort of? No, the no, no, game boy. no I, he, um, he, he's, he's historically never lined up his little quizzes with the topic of the, <laughs> of the episode. Like, like I do these quizzes minutes before we jump on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have to give credit here. This is actually to, this is an idea completely ripped from a TikTok guy who does it and it's his whole thing. Um, well, I couldn't remember his name. Thanks, so, TikTok guy. But, um, yeah, thanks, dude, whatever. Um, but, uh, I'm going to start really, this is a very simple one, okay? Yeah. Um, but here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, to... this isn't going to be very high tech, everyone. So you have to bear with me. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Liam, Pokemon Red and Blue. X 
Excellent. Very good, Liam. Yeah, that is Pokemon Red and Blue. And took... he did a Game Boy one. I we're we're very that. proud of you, Marcy. Yeah, we're very... Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, That took four seconds, Liam. That's very, very impressive. So that is a half point to Liam. Well uh, done. Yeah, I remember this note. Uh, I remember okay. your, your antics. There's no antics here at all. I don't know why you have to be like that. Um, here's the second one. Uh, Liam, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, fuck me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is Diddy Kong Racing again. Four I'm just going to make a cup of tea or something. Like <laughs> See, is your mic working there? Can no, it works. Oh, like... A bit of banter. Uh... <laughs> the funny thing was, though, these are the ones that I was like, Liam might not get these ones. So <laughs> we're going to territory where I think Liam might, might be a clean sweep here. Um, I, can live, I can live with that. Okay, this one is actually a, a little bit of a... A bit of a trick one. So I, mm. I have to take the right answer here. Okay. Yep. I can't hear anything. Is this a bit? Is no. there music happening? Can you hear it? Yeah. No. It's very faint. It's rising and falling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that is kind of what it is like. I'll skip ahead for a bit there. But quite a few reviews actually talked about it being like very menacing. And people are kind of saying, like, oh, you, it's a game you, you shouldn't be here. I don't know. I don't know sounds like I can barely hear it. Okay. Yeah, okay. This, maybe the fans can't hear that either, so apologies yeah. if you can't. Um, <laughs> nothing no nothing makes for riveting podcasting, like yeah, literal, then, then minutes, silence. literal yeah. minutes of silence. <laughs> might get Liam to edit that bit out there. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but okay, moving on to the next one. What was it? I'm not going to tell you. Didn't oh, it. come on, that's so frustrating. Uh, it's the Resident Evil 4 remake official soundtrack main menu. Sounds Okay. Which is and it is quite low. It just kind of it's up and down, it's like sinister. It's totally fine. No points there. But actually, because uh, Kev, I'll give you a point. Okay, sound yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So one point each. Um, uh, there. Good stuff, Kev. Uh, Liam. Oh, it's ludicrous. Oh, you can't do that now. You can't hang on now. That's incredible. Oh no, Final Fantasy Ten too. No, incredible. Shit. He, I don't know who's playing strategically, Kevin. Sorry. Oh, I know it now. I know it now. The Sims 4. <laughs> Close, Kev. Can I go uh, again? You don't have to give me a you point. You can, of course. Go on. Final Fantasy 13. Well done. Yes, Final Fantasy oh, 13. Okay. I was in Final Fantasy Town. I just got it wrong. Yeah, I could believe you. you. When you said Liam that quickly, I was like, the two notes have played. It's impossible. Um, I got it. Yeah, I, I, you, all the compliments you gave me you went straight to my head. Yeah, you gave me compliments, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, okay, last one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Thanks, God. I need this. Liam? Uncharted. No, good guess, but no. Damn. Too soon. Should have waited. Could be, yeah. Um, I, I don't fucking know. Crash Bandicoot? 
Anyone know guess, Liam? I don't got nothing. I got nothing, I'm afraid. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Oh, shit. Mm. That's, the, that's the title. You know, the cool yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, yeah. Very stuff. well yeah. done. Very well done. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, that's it. That's the game. Uh, we'll see if so we can that was, that was one all, right? Yeah. No, two one to Kev. Oh, uh, yeah. Well done, Kev. Kev. Well nice. done. Uh, very well no, done. Liam, your ears are fucking it's incredible, dude. Um, <laughs> My ears? I, I've always said it. Yeah. <laughs> we should stop saying it. <laughs> yeah. It functions. We'll go back to old clammy hands. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's the game. Uh, congratulations, Kev. Thank you. And and thank you, Jonathan, for that quiz. And thanks, everyone, for listening. My name was Liam Sheehan. I was joined here by Jonathan Morrissey and Kevin O'Carroll. And please join us next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.